Hey gang, before we get started, I want to share with you something coaching related and something that I've been super passionate about and been working on over the winter. Now it's my four hour cycling skills intensive. That's right. You get all the skills that you need to know to make to take your cycling to the next level, no matter what level you are sitting at. So it starts with a pedal stroke form and the foundation of everything you need to know as a cyclist. And then we add on hill climbing skills and then sprint skills, which incorporates strength, power, and speed. And we top it off with a nutrition presentation, which basically ties it all together. Because if you don't have good nutrition, you don't have good fuel, you're not going to have good energy. So I have a promo code. It's the word pedal. Go to this website, cyclingskillspro.com and get signed up today. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things uh, cycling with your host, Sylvie Daou. And I'm super excited to bring this couple. It's the first time we have a couple on who um, have done some cycling together. Now, before we get into the episode, please don't forget to... Um, Put your notifications on and subscribe to the podcast and make sure you get all of the other podcasts that are coming and you should definitely check out what I've done as well as going to my YouTube channel because all of these end up on YouTube so you can physically see us, which is kind of fun. Um, and uh, so here we are, we've got Joe and Emily. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of background and then we're going to welcome them in. So here we go. Start with Joe. Joe grew up on a farm in Lyons, New York, as an oldest of four. Oh, four of you. <laughs> I'm the oldest as well. As a as his current day job, he worked as a nonprofit as a preventative um, specialist, which is a teacher. So this is gonna make sense so he's a teacher he taught in buffalo at two schools from grades kindergarten to grade eight now he managed to he also manages some rental pro properties which is soon to be a full-time job i don't know if you want me to mention that <laughs> um but here's and he has he's has a coach he's coached cross country, girls basketball, flag football. And as a cyclist, he started riding when he was 13 to 15, depending on, you know, when he was like, when he started riding, but he also did some racing, which is cool. Cause I have a racing background as well. Um, he, uh, was a cat three and road, but you know, he transitioned from road to mountain, 
dab a little bit and cross, which everybody kind of does, um, especially if you're from Buffalo. You said Buffalo, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then he got into touring and, that, and that's where Emily comes in. So her background is she's an only child. She grew up living with her grandmother and she's attended um, QE. Kuka College, and um, during her second week in freshman, she met Joe, uh, <laughs> and that's how it started. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, and of course, he was into cycling; she wasn't. So that's where we're going to start the whole story soon. They were married a few months later want to get into that as well after graduate after no, no, graduating no. not after, after graduation yeah. yeah we were oh, together several okay. years yeah. after yeah oh after graduating okay i was i yeah. read that like you you met and then you got married after a few months i'm like wow no 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 uh, we uh, we met and then four years later got married after college okay <laughs> we took, we took four glad years. that was, that was standard yeah <laughs> so i was like wow that was a quick <laughs> no sorry yeah. um <laughs> and so, and she's also a teacher. So this will, so this is where, you know, she, and she works at Montessori as a teacher. Um, she loves the concept there. And so together they have started 10 years ago cycling, doing these short to epic long tours in the United States and Canada. So just to give you an example, before we bring them out, um, they started in 2009, um, you know, Rochester to New York, Maine, and 2010, Rochester to Florida. Driven that enough. Oh, exactly. Uh, 2012, Buffalo. This was their longest one, a full year. Buffalo to Alaska. And then they did, um, you know, some shorter ones to, uh, from 2008, 19, and 2020 was their last, their last uh, 51 day tour. So welcome guys. I'm so excited to have a couple here. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So now, of course, do you want to dive into how, um, well, we know where you got started, but how did the topic of cycle touring come up? Oh. Yeah, so when I was in high school, I uh, read a lot of, there's a web page called Ken Kiefer, and I read his cycling stuff, his touring stuff, and he had just a blog. He's uh, has since passed away, but he still, his, his web page is still up, and I think it got me the idea, but I never had anyone to go with, so I did like <laughs> weird, I would call them weird bike tours. Um, <laughs> we rode to we rode to, or we, I rode to uh, Buffalo from Lyons, which is about 130 miles, but I would do it in one day. So out to Buffalo, stay at my grandparents overnight, and the next day ride back. And then my other, uh, gr my grandmother, her grandparents on my dad's side lived out near New York City in this town called Newburgh, which is not really near New York City, but it's near New York City compared to where <laughs> we live. And I rode there, tw well, one time, and then I tried to do it again. And then I like got a, I, I didn't make it, it was real hot. And I got a, uh, what is it? Um, heat, stroke. Heat, stroke. heat stroke. Or not heat stroke, uh, 
dehydrated and I laid down on the side of the road and whatnot. So those are the, the police yeah. found me and then the ambulance took me in, right? Oh my God. Yeah. So it was a bigger, it ended up being a big ordeal. So the rest of the time I was like, you know what? I have to wait until I have someone to go with. And in college it worked out, but I did like big miles as a high schooler, like enough so that the bike shop that I, at that point was using Geneva bike center. And I like to, they're going to listen to this later. And every, basically every podcast I talk to yeah. talk about Geneva bike there. center. It's the best bike shop. Okay. Probably. What's the bike shop name? Geneva Bike Center. And Geneva Cent Bike Center. Yeah, it's in the Finger Lakes. In the Finger Lakes area. Yeah. Okay. I love their shop. And it probably is one of the reasons I was able to stay uh, interested in cycling as a kid, right? Right. Uh, and then Buffalo has good bike shops too, but it just, it's, that's still my bike shop because I, that's where I, I don't go there often oh, yeah. much anymore, but you know, as a kid. We all have our bike shops. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's, I did big miles and a lot of them ended up being just riding to the bike shop or riding around the Finger Lakes, the one day events, you know? Yeah. Is that when you got into racing through the bike shop? So the racing was, is an ongoing changing thing, right? <laughs> so I actually, after the Florida, or no, Florida, after the Alaska, the one year trip, I got, oh. I became Cat 3. So before oh, that, I'd only done, okay. I did four to five races at uh races and then I went and raced my first year of college I actually went to this college called Lee's McRae thinking I was going to become a big racer and then realizing four races in that maybe I had to downsize where I was going with that but uh that's when he came why? and that, met me then so I transferred to, I transferred to Cuca um oh so yeah a lot of you know looking back on it, it was just a lot of changing and figuring out where you're going to go and it's similar actually to the whole bike touring thing and you might have a plan and you move it into something else but uh um, but did you so so you went to a specific college to pursue cycling yeah they have a division one cycling team at least no way right? so what made no, you decide okay. that it wasn't for you well the hills there <laughs> in north i've never seen a mountain when i when i flew home i flew home for like october break and i was driving with my dad home and i go it is so flat here and i didn't realize and i'm heavy like even my best cycling weight is like 165 ever that's oh my wow best. okay and yeah. uh, when i became cat three i was 180 you know it was so i did it on flat crits semi-flat road races that's where i got my points to upgrade and then at cat three now i'm just gonna i would just sit in the pack because there's you know, <laughs> uh, i either lose weight or get out and i, I ended up, <laughs> yeah because yeah, there's other stuff to be done come on joe uh, take a pull would you <laughs> yeah there was not not I mean if you talk to my friends that helped me get to cat three there was no me taking pulls it was me yelling from behind because i was not, definitely not a traditional cyclist like one of my teammates went off the front and I'm behind him and I was basically riding him like a horse. Let's go, John. Let's go, John. And he pulled us right to the line. <laughs> you didn't out sprint him, did you? Huh? Oh, did yeah. He's, it was his job to get me there. Oh, okay. Well, hey, if that's, if he knows that's that what day it was his job. Yeah. But, um, it was like, okay. yeah, so well, there's a lot of weaving and, you know, with, my cycling I've done 
probably a hundred thousand miles since mm -hmm. when I started like tracking miles. I track them all in a little spiral notebook. You know, the little. Oh gosh! Really? I actually have three You're of them now. Not on Strava. Bike. Are you on I, Strava? I am on Strava now. Okay. Yeah, finally. But he still writes them down in the book. I write every ride down. <laughs> well, and it feels simple. It's like I started at home. I went to here. I came back. It's the and, date, the number of miles, and where you went. Yeah, and then I number the number of rides or the number of days I rode every year. Um, yeah. it, that started because originally I was riding like a Walmart bike with and using oh, yeah. Google Maps or something like this, MapQuest yeah. at the time. And yeah. I would always ride to city town centers because I didn't know how to track it otherwise. So it would mm -hmm. be like 7.5 oh. miles written down. And then it changed over. Once I got a speedometer, that really saved me. Oh, geez, really, eh? It's yeah. like, wow, look at this. All right, so let's move forward. Now, Joe, yes. how did you get Emily on a bike Okay. and, and convince her to ride? And what was the first little tour you guys did together? Because well, all these the, were... The first question, because that, yeah, okay. that, that'll lead to the tour. Uh, okay, perfect. Was... I, my sophomore year, before my sophomore year, I don't know, I must have not worked or something, but I learned how to unicycle. And I would ride unicycle around a campus. I was the only person, like, <laughs> everyone at my college knew, it's a small college, like, maybe 1,500 yeah. kids. Well, if you're the yeah. only yeah. unicycle guy. So like, and they, they everyone knew, yeah, everybody knew who I was, because I would ride, I, I first rode a BMX bike that I don't normally do, but I rode BMX bike to class and then I learned a unicycle and I would ride the unicycle to class and at least for the first two years I don't know if I did it yeah going at forward. some point I remember my new roommate going oh my god there's a guy out there on a unicycle running out the door and going to talk to him this is before I like officially met yeah. him so and then, yeah. everybody knew it was this guy on the unicycle so then we met because of that it was very easy to talk to people when you ride a unicycle around <laughs> and, and oh. uh, we met <laughs> after that um and she, I asked her, if she, she couldn't ride a unicycle. I had, it was too tall. So I, I said, you'll have to buy a unicycle if you want to learn. And then she bought a unicycle. And I was really? like, well, you're pretty good at learning a unicycle. Do you, maybe you can ride bike, but it's more expensive. And she bought her own bike. I'm like, how you know? expensive? The unicycle is like $80 or something. <laughs> and the bike was like grand. It was, <laughs> right? yeah, she bought a Le Mans Croix de Fur. Yeah. That's the name of the nice. bike. It's from out in, out in uh, France, I believe. And um, she bought that steel bike, and she still has it. Even after it was stolen and we got it back five yeah. years later. Long story. That's but yes, I still story. had the original bike that I started yeah. on. So. Wow, seriously? I, I five found years it. later? Yeah. I found it after getting stolen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, well, that's a whole like, we'll, hour-long conversation. Okay, that's another that. story. We'll, we can okay. fit it in so, a little bit when we talk about the last kid tour, because they just took care of it for us. Yeah. Um, is that the bike you used to tour on, though? No. no um, we did our very first tour um, oh, when yeah. we went from Maine to uh, from Rochester to Maine and then back. Um, yeah. We used our road bikes because mm -hmm. we weren't in. That was our first like tour, so we weren't right. really into like having the gear and things because we didn't really know what we were doing. We we're just we're, like, let's go visit his uncle in Maine, and we just mm -hmm. did it. And like, That's <laughs> cool. Maybe we should get real like touring bikes and. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So it kind of evolved from that. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's talk about the first tour. Okay, because that's 21 days. Now, did you stay in hotels or did you did you tent it? Like we tented it the whole we time. We took one hotel in Maine. No, in well, yeah, that one too. Two so hotels. Two hotels. Two hotels in Maine. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, that was really cool. But most of the time just tenting. Um, that was our first time trying warm showers, which was interesting because we didn't really have warm like, showers is a hospitality group. Yeah, do you know what warmshowers.org is? Uh, touring cyclists hospitality. Oh, group. I think Alex talked about this. This is like, yeah. well, he, it's he like mentioned... couch surfing for cyclists. Right. Essentially. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. We have two guest books just, full of okay, people. What is that? Let me just write this down. Warmshowers.org. Warm showers. That's yeah, because when, when you're done cycling all day, what do you want? A warm shower, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So it essentially is you go get your shower, you get a bed to sleep in, or even a yard to camp in. Sometimes people feed you. But it's okay. amazing. It's a really great connection with the cycling, touring cycling community. But anyway, we, it was our first time trying that website. And of course, we didn't have smartphones back in 2009. And we Not were calling really. my grandmother, <laughs> and she would look it up on the computer, write the numbers down, give us the numbers, and it was crazy i think we only stayed one time on that i think trip. we did one 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 or two times yeah. uh, two at the most on that first trip but um mostly tenting yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah a lot of tents and at that point we were really doing like self-camping hiding yeah. in the woods oh yeah because yeah. we didn't know what we were doing but we now, were also camp yeah making campfires to right. cook food yeah so. we literally when we were in college we had <laughs> hot dogs and s'mores over the fire every night for a dinner for but they weren't gonna go bad and we could carry them and, we, right. and then we had subway subs for lunch yep because subway lunch. was that was a f big five dollar foot long period time, of time yeah. <laughs> so we had lots Did of share it you're like oh, yeah we split it it was five dollars yeah. for lunch we split it because we had to budget our money at the yeah point, right? uh, i think that would be the reason we didn't get in we didn't had yet to buy touring bikes uh, that first year uh how that was before we became lifeguards so the next summer after that bike tour we became lifeguards and had the money because we made more money right during the summer so then we were able to buy our touring bike so right. okay and we didn't really have much cooking equipment because we literally just had our road bikes with two panniers on the back and a sleeping bag so and our like so we didn't have a ton of stuff right so it was interesting i love <laughs> lifeguards i i used to lifeguard too yeah, oh, I, I think it's a really good summer position for high schoolers, especially if you happen to swim. I did not, I swam my senior year as the la worst person on the team, but after- Yeah, but you had to go to a neighboring school to yeah, swim, too. Yeah, I was a team of one <laughs> at a different school, but- um, I think lifeguarding is one of those, um, one of those jobs you can do anywhere, right? right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like I tell my kids, I got three. And one of them, um, coaching as well. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we are, we got into just a little sidebar. We got into downhill skiing cause I grew up downhill skiing. And, you know, when she got to high school, a lot of her friends were downhill ski coaches or assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, why not? You ski, you like being your, be with your friends. And then this is a job you can do a lot of places. And I so oh, lifeguarding yeah. is the same thing. So, yeah. all right. So you're lifeguarding. You got your touring bike. You learned a little bit from your <laughs> from your first 21 days. Yeah. I had no idea did what we come, were getting ourselves into. Did you come we're back really and go, okay, let's uh, reassess this next one? Well, yeah. And at first, I didn't understand what we were doing. He's like, we're gonna ride our bikes to Maine. I'm like, yeah, this okay. And he's like, it's just gonna be like yeah. little bike rides every day. But I didn't. Uh, yeah. I guess I didn't understand. <laughs> we just kind of pulled out of our, the driveway and just kept riding and kept going and going and like. It was weird because I had never experienced anything like that like, 
Isn't it like 800 miles from here? No. Yeah, yeah. That's actually close to what it was, yeah. Is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it was like 700 or something. Oh, yeah. 700 one way, and then we, we ended up going to my grandmother's house over in Newburgh on the way back. So, and then, so that crossed off a bunch of states, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, Pretty Maine, much all of New England. Except, except Rhode Island. Island. Yeah, we missed Rhode Island. Oh, is that when you started your this is what you're going to do? Like, no, so there was never doing all the states was never for the first two trips was actually first, even during an Alaska trip, that was not the number one goal. It may have came up in conversation during the Alaska trip, but we went from that. We just said, I, we just kept picking locations, which is kind of how I picked, how I did my bike riding as a high schooler. Yeah. There was three miles from my house. There was a sign that had like, Rochester 50 miles away, Oswego 50 miles away in the other direction, and then other couple other towns. And I was like, all right, I'm just I want to get the and I was with a couple friends at that point before they quit. And <laughs> and I said I want to go to all those towns. And then I would find another town sign at those towns and ride okay. to those ones, you know. So you just do that. Just picking, add picking up. yeah, we just picked destinations and then as we started going along, we're like, wow, we got a lot of states done. Maybe that's our new goal. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, it and was then you're not like, originally hmm. the goal. At no, first, the first two trips, we were literally just going to visit his two uncles. Yes. And that was it. My uncle lived in Maine. <laughs> now they live in Buffalo, but they lived in Maine at that point. And then on my mom's side. Um, and then my uncle Ron still lives in Florida near uh, Orlando. And we rode up to see him. Down. Cool, because I mean, you do need goals like that, right? Yeah. Right. To you know, destinations, and that's what's nice about right. cycling. You oh, know, yeah, like all your destinations. We knew if we so, made it. yeah. <laughs> so he went down to Florida, okay, and uh, that was what. That was that was your next one. Yeah. So just a second. Yeah. When when did you guys start? teaching like become teachers because then you After, have the whole summers off right is that where right. you, oh, you know, we don't, I don't have summers off. We, yeah he doesn't have summers off really except for this year this past year yes. was virtual learning which is why we were able to do a two-month tour yeah um, so but normally he doesn't work, have it on. my nonprofit's a 12-month uh a year position we started both our our current right. jobs after the alaska trip yeah we had okay. graduated college after finishing those first two tours the new the main tour and the florida tour and then afterwards um we got married and then we're like oh one of these days you know five years down the road we're gonna cycle to alaska and six months later we left to alaska yeah. <laughs> so, we're like hey why do we wait yeah we're like if we wait we're gonna have jobs that we like actually want to pursue for a long period of time and we're yeah. not gonna want to quit so let's do it now because at the time we were both substitute teachers and literally we just said we're not available right now right. and clicked it online and then so when we came back we clicked available and started subbing right away so yeah. it actually worked out perfectly. Yeah, the day we came back oh day, awesome yeah we started working the day we came yeah um a day. lot of it so the reason for the alaska tour is I'd already been out of college for like six months and then she got out and neither of us were able to like just get teaching jobs. And after we got married in August, 2011, my probably within a week, uh, we were living at one of the first rental properties, which is why I wanted you to, I like the idea of you talking about it. We had, yeah. I was taking care of two properties, the house I lived in, which my dad owned 
and another house my dad owned, which was the first property we got in Buffalo. Right. And Ooh. we're talking there and my dad's like, if you're going to go before it gets real busy in life, because it might get real busy, right? Mm-hmm. You should go. You don't have a job. You don't have any job that you want. I was working seven days a week, one day, uh, subbing during the week. And on weekends, I was working at Lowe's. And right. uh, I was like, all right, well, I don't have money. And I have a huge student loan at that time. And he's like, well, I'll cover the student loans with whatever rent comes in from your apartment. And we'll figure it out and go from there. And yeah, and then so she was working seven days a week at a portrait studio. Yeah, I I just had, I was making more at the portrait studio with all the overtime. So I was working there instead of subbing, which is kind of wild and backwards, but I enjoyed photography a little bit too. So it worked out. So we basically just save up the money for the Alaska trip was... Mm -hmm. At working every single day right through until February and then we moved out of our our apartment I got it rented to someone and then we moved in and lived in the same bedroom as my brother was living in for, a month for like or a so. month and uh which was it was a big bedroom but uh normally you don't put two three people in it one but, being a married couple <laughs> yeah well you know matter. you're gonna be on your own for yeah a, exactly year. it was just a Fuck short thing so that we could you know, before we left on our tour, yeah. we wanted to get it rented before we left. So, um, yeah, of course, you gotta be out. So, yeah, and that set us up for the, the, uh, set us up for Alaska. The Florida trip, which we kind of skipped over that, it was pretty much similar to what we did for Maine, right? Except right. we made, no, we did not acquire any cooking stuff. We were still cooking over fires. I think we <laughs> stuck with the, we had pots and pans we, we, and a grate that went over the fire, yes. so we upgraded yes, a little bit. Yes, that was the upgrade. <laughs> and then we, we moved to Trek 520s. Yeah, Trek and then we, we had the full, like, we paneers like in the front and the paneers in the back. We looked yeah. more official at that point. And, <laughs> yes. and did you get a stove, like an no. official stove? Not until the Alaska tour. And when okay, we did get a I stove, it. It, it was a big hunkin' stove that yeah. you would take in a car so, trip camping. It wasn't we, a small light stove oh yeah. no it was, no, like, it was, like, it was <laughs> one burner that you put the gas in and pumped it but yeah it uh, wasn't exactly light it but was. it was free so it yeah. got to, who got to carry that oh i carried all the <laughs> um then we cooked over this great we i cut it in half and put it together so that it would just sit over a campfire that's for florida um what else oh we missed delaware which is important so the two states at this point on the east coast delaware and rhode island we missed and we'll talk about them later, but uh, yeah, that's so that's Florida. And then we went, we did the Alaska thing. Okay, yeah. so how did you get? Which route did you go for Alaska? Is that like you skirted the border? Of, um, we oh, actually went Canada? right out of Buffalo. We crossed the Peace Bridge into Canada and went across oh. Michigan. Took a ferry and then so, kind of zigzagged around. Yeah, there's a lake called Saint Clair Lake, and there's a bunch of. We took a ferry because we like taking ferries whenever we get a chance. And yeah, that, that gets us to yeah. Michigan, and then we and then across to South Dakota. Then we went down to Colorado and Utah. Then back up, and then to Alaska, mm-hmm. and then took a cruise to the to Vancouver. Then did the West Coast and Vegas, Phoenix, Dallas, Kansas. We went up to Kansas because we had oh, to get Kansas and Missouri. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. New Orleans, Florida, and then back home. Yeah. So it was like not exactly oh, kind of like zigzagging around. We zigzagged all over the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of no zigzag. straight route hey let's go over here yeah there was no like well, and then we missed north dakota at the time uh it 
it is super windy out there, right? In the Midwest. And oh my gosh, it was yeah. We rode into a town that we, we stayed. We camped at their church. We started. So the 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 camping changed. Oh, that was the change in uh, the Florida trip. We stopped just camping at in the woods and moved over to camping at churches because they have all this green grass and we would cook our campfire in their woods near them. So we kick away from our tent, cook our little campfire, make our food, and then come back yeah. to the tent. Because most of the time we'd roll up to a church, those cars are like, hey, this is what we're doing. Any chance we can throw a tent up in your backyard? They're like, sure. And yeah. like nobody oh, it's, ever really. It's almost 100%. Yeah, it's like 98% success rate. And wow. the people are super that, nice. And Yeah, because isn't that part of, because that's what Alex was talking about there's like this whole community of churches that is on like cycling specific cycling routes doesn't sound like you were on a specific some, um, i've seen route. a couple of churches on warm showers but right um a lot know, of ours maybe. were just random like just they're like what are you bike? doing you're actually doing that on a bike they didn't really know yeah. it's like they had never seen anybody doing what we were doing right. for the most part yeah um, but we do churches and just because it was a safe place and it was in town and if we yeah, had yeah, permission yeah. to be there, it was always good. Um, yeah. and since there's so much more community based, it worked out. Um, mm -hmm. so we did that a lot. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't stick to any major cycling routes for the most part or like purposely stick to them if we did. And, um, it meant that a lot of times we were meeting people that never saw anyone doing touring yeah <laughs> like on bikes <laughs> yeah and I so mean, yeah the, the, you think about the adventure cycling routes and they're so heav heavily trafficked by touring cyclists yeah. people are used to it but we didn't always we weren't always necessarily on those paths because we were zigzagging all over the place right, right. So. so when you your destination was alaska what time of year were you up there obviously in was well, the summer, summer yeah. we made yeah. it to alaska you made to anchorage yeah. We did Fairbanks. And Fairbanks, Anchorage, Kenai Peninsula. Kenai Peninsula. Yeah, we originally, um, we had booked our cruise because that was like what we did. Oh. We could have ridden back the same road, but right. we, we really want to take this cruise as like the normal part of our honeymoon, right? So we booked oh, the cruise for September, the third week in September or something. And we got to mm -hmm. Alaska July 23rd. July 23rd. So we were oh. way early. So we booked the cruise up a week and then we spent a lot of time riding around Alaska right um nice i don't know we were excited to get there i guess and got there early yeah. who'd have thought um so. <laughs> that's kind of nice it's better than being stressed about having to get yeah. there for a certain yeah, we, day it to worked like, out too because um we had met a grandfather and a grandson team um in watson lake um on the alaska highway and they were going much slower paced than we were each day and since we were so ahead of schedule, we were able to ride with them, and it, yeah. that worked out great. We we met oh, them nice. in this, lot, this town. We stayed. I don't know. We were excited about it. So the reason we went a certain way going towards Alaska, which we kind of followed the route. It was based right. on a book. Uh, you can't ride. The book's called "You Can't Ride to Alaska Because It's an Island." Because something that happened. Because in, think about it. Whenever they draw the map of the world, Alaska and Hawaii are always a island, island, off the island off the coast of California, oh. right? When they draw a map, so, so that's where the book title came. Yeah, right? that's where the title of that book comes. And he went to and talked about this uh, Watson, Watson Lake. Lake place, and we went there, and it's really a cool little town. Like forty people live there, maybe, and they have this <laughs> sign village. So everyone brings their sign, all these different signs since all over. Yeah, so it we was were, really cool. We were there at least oh. a day. 
and we met I met this these two guys I go oh you're going towards Alaska we hadn't met anyone else going towards Alaska where we get lots of people were coming back you know also riding a bike yeah and I go oh we'll we'll ride with you and I didn't like even ask they just said we'll ride with you and he goes okay well we're gonna leave in like five minutes I, oh we're leaving tomorrow <laughs> and he goes I go how far do you go and he goes like 40 miles a day I go oh we'll catch you tomorrow then and the next day <laughs> we'll leave right now uh... we, we caught them and camp with them and I think it goes in this order we caught and camp with them and the next day we landed at this uh hotel that gives cyclists free what free Breakfast? something free free i don't know we had these muffins. giant cinnamon rolls that or really yeah I know. cinnamon rolls Ooh. so they give us free so that's why we wanted to go there we've been hearing about it for a couple of weeks oh and then we get a huge discount on the the room rate so i was like all right we're gonna stay there when we got there we met this couple that had been walking from the new from mexico they walked from mexico and most of it was in the woods we right. don't have any contact information on them but that they when they got up above into canada they had to go and walk on the roads because they said they would be in the woods for 60 to 90 days and they didn't have a helicopter to drop them food so they started walking on roads but they were walking like 20 miles a day or something yeah, what? there's some crazy people. Yeah, we met They were really, super nice though. They, and they stayed. Did a helicopter dropping them food? No, they didn't have it. So they had to oh. walk on the road, you know, because it's this long stretches of nothing. Right. It's so vast. I mean, when you get up into the Yukon and stuff, when you, if you go like, say I just walk two miles off the road, I'll never find my way back. Because it's, you're oh, like, I believe it. Right. I believe it. Yeah, we watch but a we lot on the road, so we're safe. I don't know what the original <laughs> question was. We deviated. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was good. All right. So, but no, because I asked you how you went to Alaska. Oh, right, right, and right. And you guys were like up there and then down in the West Coast and then across to Phoenix and uh, Vegas right. and stuff like that. All right. So here is, um, all right. So you guys are cycling. Now, can you tell me like, one of have you ever like in your cycle so in during your tours have you ever felt like really afraid at a certain situation or um, cars or have you had like oh okay from cars yeah like right you know like a close call because you know, there's it depends on where you cycle. Um, not everybody's always. The only part that was really not it was scary, but more aggravating was um, we went over the Newfound Gap in North Carolina, into Tennessee, and it's this okay. narrow mountain road, and it's like the only road, so it's got an insane amount of traffic it's, and uh, like the Smoky Mountains. mountains. It's yeah, it's the in Smoky, the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Smoky Mountains National Park. And it was just that yeah. section going was, up was i mean we're loaded we can't go that fast and there's cars that yeah, are impatient and it was and just got real close but it was the only here. way over too so it was <laughs> like we didn't really have another i don't know that was yeah. the only part that was i don't know more frustrating like we felt bad that we were holding right. up traffic for these people that you know they could get around us as long as there was nobody else coming but so uh, there was no shoulder and there was a mountain like so it was kind of nerve-wracking to be oh. riding and then just like trying to go up the mountain and these people yeah, behind yeah. you and there's a cliff there and like, kind of, I'm not turning around and I'm not scary. walking. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So it's 
not so, the best, but wasn't yeah, that was scary most, per se. Probably the most aggravating. I remember there was two times that cars. She's frozen. She's frozen. Yeah. Like uh -oh. really close. You're frozen. Am I frozen? Or are you frozen? Oh no. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know if we're gonna. Let's just keep talking until they get back. We'll see what happens. Either I'm frozen or they're frozen, but nothing's happening. This is fun. Okay, actually, this will give me a couple minutes to look over my notes. Oh no. Hey gang, well, the unfortunate part about this interview, and I know that you're really enjoying our discussion, was that Joe and Emidi got cut off and we weren't able to finish the talk. So I hope you enjoyed this and please share, comment, give us a five-star review. I certainly love enjoying these and bringing these types of uh, interviews and discussions to the audience. Thank you very much. Oh. One last thing, and if you know of anybody who's extraordinary, please connect them with me. I love bringing cool people to the podcast. Take care and have an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.